You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the Thursday, February 16th reading of the Pikes Peak Courier. My name is Sophia. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. Colorado Parks and Wildlife District Wildlife Manager Ian Peckish receives John D. Hart Wildlife Officer of the Year Award, written by Marianne Magan. Cripple Creek Ice Festival returns after two-year hiatus, written by Pat Hill. Woodland Park Swiss Chalet has reopened under new ownership, written by Teresa Farney, special from the Gazette, and following up with miscellaneous articles. The first article is entitled, Manager Ian Peckish Receives John D. Hart Wildlife Officer of the Year Award, written by Marianne Magan. On his first deer hunt at age 13, Ian Peckish was approached by a wildlife officer who asked to see his hunting license. After a conversation with the officer, Petkish decided that's what he wanted to do, and he followed suit. Several decades later, Petkish has received the coveted John D. Hart Wildlife Officer of the Year Award. Petkish grew up in Lakewood and graduated from high school in 2007. While in high school, he volunteered with the Division of Wildlife and even attended wildlife officer recruitment meetings. He graduated from Colorado State University in Fort Collins in 2011 with a degree in wildlife biology. During his college years, Petkish did seasonal studies through the summer. He worked two seasons in Rocky Mountain National Park, working with bighorn sheep and one in the Cascade Mountains studying the wolverine which he claimed as his favorite animal. After college, he took a six-month job with U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service studying mountain goats on Kodiak Island in Alaska while he was waiting for the hiring process to begin in Colorado. After completing his training year in, De in Denver, Petkish was assigned to southeastern Park County. He was thrilled since he had grown up fishing all over the area with his grandfather, who lived in Woodland Park. Peckish, now aged 34, has been with Colorado Parks and Wildlife for 10 years, loving every minute, he said. Peckish notes he loves being outdoors and the variety that the job provides. No two days are the same, he said. It's rewarding knowing we are protecting both humans and wildlife, he added. Five years ago, Petkish was the recipient of Samson, a Belgian Malinois from the Ben Roethlisberger Foundation as his canine partner. Petkish and Samson trained with Johnson K-9 for three months and are certified with the National Police Canine Association. Samson had assisted Peckish and 
aided in solving several cases. Samson also helped address bear-human conflict by helping to haze bears that have become habituated to human food sources. Petkus's job is divided into three main parts, law enforcement, education, and wildlife management. Being named the recipient of the Officer of the Year Award shows his proficiency in all three. Petkish worked multiple felony and misdemeanor poaching cases in 2022, obtaining 15 search warrants and arrest warrants. He is the lead in habitat projects affecting his district, and he and his canine, Samson, are an integral part of canine programs such as check stations, field searches, and search warrants. Officer Petkish's Officer Petkish's love of wildlife and desire to help protect their habitats are what makes him an exemplary law enforcement officer, said Area Wildlife Manager Mark Lamb. His tenacity and compassion for his job is what we strive for at CPW. Petkish said one of the most satisfying parts of his job is when he is doing compliance checks and he happens along just as a youngster catches their first fish or downs their first big game animal. Being there and able to share the thrill of the moment is exciting, and seeing the beginnings of a new generation of hunters or anglers gives him the opportunity to show the joy of the job, and hopefully he would influence someone as he was. Petkish was notified January 6 that he was among four officers nominated for the John D. Hart Wildlife Officer of the Year Award. The January 31 ceremony, which was attended by over 300 Parks and Wildlife officers and others with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, was held in Loveland. Unbeknownst to him, his parents, who had retired to Homer, Alaska, three years ago, were contacted by CPW and notified of the award. As Petkish was announced as the recipient, his parents, who had made the trip to help honor their son, walked out of where they had been waiting. Having my family there made for a special day that I will never forget, he said. About the ceremony, Petkish said, it was beyond humbling to stand in front of all the men and women that are dedicated to protecting our natural resources during the award ceremony. When they announced I had won, I could not help but feel gratitude for all the officers that helped during the wild ride that was this year. I have never been, I have never had a more demanding stretch during my career, and if it wasn't for my fellow officers and a stellar prosecutor, we would not have been able to accomplish what we did. The most rewarding part of my career has been getting to work with Canine Samson. If it was not for my boss, Mark Lamb, going to bat for me, and the idea of how a canine could benefit the wildlife and people of my district, it would not have happened. I owe Mark and Samson so much. 
Winning the award also brought back the sense of excitement and accomplishment that I felt when I was assigned to my district. The John D. Hart Wildlife Officer of the Year Award is Colorado Parks and Wildlife's recognition of outstanding wildlife law enforcement service. Nominations are sent to all commissioned wildlife officers who vote for one of the officers that have been nominated. The officer receiving the highest number of votes receives the award. This award has tremendous meaning to those who receive it. Out of an array of superior officers, the award recipient is selected by his or her peers and esteemed as outstanding. The award is named after John D. Hart, an officer who retired in 1959 as an assistant director for the Division of Wildlife. Hart began his career with the DOW in 1919 at a salary of $70, ooh, sorry, $75 per month, and provided his own horse and gun. The award was developed because at the time it was believed that Hart epitomized the qualities and values of an exceptional wildlife officer. Hart's admirable characteristics and work ethic still apply to officers today. The wildlife officer's devotion to wildlife and duty to the citizens exists as strongly today as it did yesterday. The next article is entitled, Cripple Creek Ice Festival Returns After Two-Year Hiatus, written by Pat Hill. After a two-year absence, the Cripple Creek Ice Festival is returning. From Saturday, February 18 through 26, ice sculptures will line parts of Bennett Avenue. A children's ice slide will be part of the fun. The festival includes food and retail vendors, as well as adult beverages served on both event weekends, including the federal holiday, President's Day, February 20. The Saturday events include timed carving competitions, Battle of the Blade at noon, 1.30 and 3 p.m. Carvers prefer to work in the cold, so most of the work is done at night. They will begin working on their sculptures on Wednesday, February 15, with significant pieces required to be completed by the first day of the event. Sculptures will be on display throughout the nine-day event and will remain displayed for several days following the event or until they begin to melt. The next article is entitled, Woodland Park's Swiss Chalet Has Reopened Under New Ownership, written by Teresa Farney, special from the Gazette. The Swiss Chalet Restaurant at 19263 East U.S. 24 in Woodland Park has reopened with new owners and a refreshed interior. As you enter the parking lot, there's an updated sign to greet you. The first indication something new is afloat. Inside the hardwood floors glisten since being resurfaced, which brightens up the look. Tables and chairs are new too, although there have been a few changes the welcoming, warm lodge feel remains, and the food is as good as ever. The menu is overseen by new owner Roberto Caligno, 
who also owns Mountainara Cucina Italiana in Woodland Park. Theron Gillen is the chef on the line day-to-day, while Caligno travels between the two eateries. Caligno's wife, Elizabeth, manages the front of the house at both eateries. On the menu, you'll find dishes from Spain, Iceland, Switzerland, France, Greece, Italy, Germany, Spain, Portugal, England, Austria, Hungary, and Norway. On the snowy, chilly Friday evening we visited, the French onion soup for $13, Hungarian goulash for $29, and piri-piri chicken for $25 from Portugal called out to us. All were textbook preparations with large portions. The goulash with fork tender wild boar and chicken with African bird's eye chilies were highly seasoned and just the ticket of the frigid night. Hours are 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. daily. Details call 719-687-2001. That's 719-687-2001. The next article is entitled Chicken and the Egg in 2023. Running with Ruth by Ruth Wiseman. Perhaps you've noticed that egg prices are a bit up this year, but for me and others in our community who actually own chickens, these prices have been somewhat blunted. Of course, there are other considerations. For starters, all the time and money we spend at tractor supply. For those unfamiliar with the joys of raising chickens in Woodland Park, such a journey likely begins with a visit to this local establishment in the spring, the mid-spring. And it begins innocently enough. If you are ever feeling down that time of year, I suggest a visit during chick days, which, despite its name, actually goes on for weeks. Everyone walking through the doors that time of year is instantly hit with the beautiful sound of hundreds of baby chicks peeping at one another and anyone else that will listen under their bright, warm, and metallic lights. There is, in my mind, no more perfect sound. And so, with a bunch of chicks in a box, and a 40-pound bag of starter chicken feed, we began our happy, if not somewhat naive, journey as mountain chicken owners. And they are cute, really cute, for the first month. That is until they seem to grow up almost overnight, becoming something quite different than the little peeping creations we remembered. While their foolishness was hidden under soft fluff in the baby chick phase, they quickly grew up, developing almost dinosaur-like qualities. Little claws are replaced by larger, almost dangerous ones. Peeps become clucks, and their first little home in the Amazon box in our sunroom quickly gets outgrown and replaced with a bona fide coop, smells and all. Chicken owners must learn to take on various, often unexpected roles. Obviously a caretaker, because even the brightest chicken has the common sense of a dim-witted turtle. And then there is playing referee, 
especially if you have a brood without a rooster to roll over things. The girls fight constantly about the silliest things. And, of course, one has to be a protector. One example comes to mind. Late at night, I was woken in my bed to the sound of chicken wire being clumsily moved outside. I reached over to grab my flashlight and peered out the window at the chicken pen. I could see nothing but mountain blackness. So I roused my sister, and together we crept up the stairs to see what was happening. After slipping on our shoes, we opened the door and walked onto the deck above the chicken pen. A few moments later, a bear, friendly enough but still a bear, looked up at us as bears do. He walked away, still hungry. The chickens were safe. Are egg prices high? Yes. Do our chickens lay enough eggs over our long and cold winters? Hardly. Owning chickens has been nothing like I expected, and yet, as is often in life, the unexpectedness of the journey is something I wouldn't have any other way. If you have any questions or column ideas, please email them to courier editor Michelle Karras at michelle.karras at pikespeaknewspapers.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E dot K-A-R-A-S at pikespeaknewspapers.com. And they will be forwarded to the columnist. Ruth Wiseman, a Merritt Academy freshman, is a Woodland Park native. The next article is entitled, Study Will Determine Future of Green Mountain Falls Swimming Pool, written by Pat Hill. For more than 70 years, the municipal swimming pool in Green Mountain Falls has entertained children and families from around the region. Built in the 1950s, the pool adds to the amenities of a town with signature hiking trails. While the trails continue to attract locals and visitors alike, the pool is no longer a vital piece of the community. Last week, Mayor Todd Dixon and the Board of Trustees agreed to split the cost with the Department of Local Affairs for a study to identify challenges with keeping the pool open. In recent years, whether due to pandemic closures, competition from other pools, maintenance costs, or difficulty in finding lifeguards, the pool has not generated revenue for the town. We have an assessment that is getting very low utilization, said Mayor Todd Dixon. The study could be a tool to help us. The study conducted by students at the University of Colorado at Denver is part of the universal is part of the University Technical Assistance Program and is funded in part by a grant from DOLA. The town's match is $2,776. The students are going to do a community outreach to determine the community's usage pattern, said town manager Becky Frank. Are there programs or other opportunities we can use the pool for in a more robust way than we have? The study includes a cost analysis of operations, maintenance, upgrades, and capital improvement needs. They want to talk about what our hopes are for this project, Frank said. 
I view this project as an opportunity to look at ways to defray the cost of the pool, in addition to looking for sponsorships as well. The mayor looks on the bright side for a swimming pool that was once a community gem. Right now, there is no money budgeted for the pool at $30,000, Dixon said. The study could be a tool to help us attain higher use of the asset, even though it may be something totally different than what the asset was designed for. In other business, the town approved a contract with Judy Egbert, owner-consultant of GovPro Counseling, for a one-day training session for the new town clerk, Bo Ayad. The main purpose is to bring Ayad up to speed on the various duties of a town clerk, open records laws, elections, and municipal courts, for instance. Ayad was hired by the town to replace Nate Scott, who resigned last month. Egbert writes in the contract letter that the $600 cost for the training reflects a discount due to her past work with the town. The town staff adjourned to enter into an executive session. Teller County News in Brief Inaugural Winter Carnival planned at 11 Miles State Park. Head to 11 Miles State Park for the inaugural Winter Carnival with activities from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Saturday. Ice skating will be available, and there is no charge for skates from the Ramps and Alley Skate Shop. There will be games, fishing, hot chocolate, and you can play hockey with a ranger. There will also be a food truck on site. All you need is a daily parks pass, $10 per vehicle, to get into the park. Go to the marina parking lot and let the fun and games begin. Passes, park passes are available through the kiosks or stop by the ranger station. For more information, call 719-748-3401. That's 719-748-3401. Library features film club with movies. The Woodland Puck. Public Library recently launched a film club that includes movie screenings and discussions. Coming February 22, The Night of the Hunter, starring Robert Mitchum and Shelley Winters, begins at 5 p.m. in the large meeting room on the lower level of the library. Movie nights are free and include popcorn and lemonade. For information, call 719 687 9281 extension 113 that's 719-687-921 I'm sorry 9281 extension 113 education updates Crystal Conley of Woodland Park earned Dean's List honors of the University of Tampa for the fall 2022 semester call for artists for the 38th annual Mountain Arts Festival. After over 30 years, the Mountain Arts Festival is moving to a new location in Woodland Park. The new location is just a couple of blocks from the old one in Memorial Park. This new location will have more space for additional artists and food vendors. 
The date has been changed to the second weekend in August, August 12th and 13th, when fewer competing activities are occurring. The mountain artists look to 2023 to be bigger and better than ever. The annual Mountain Arts Festival is calling for artists this year's show, and the deadline is May 1. Applications for this juried show can also be obtained from the website at themountainartists.org. That is themountainartists.org. In addition to the Mountain Artist Annual Summer Show, they also have a members only show in November, a student art show in the spring, and a scholarship program. Artists interested in joining the organization can pick up an application at the Greater Woodland Park Chamber of Commerce or can find the application at the website mentioned above. Thank you for joining us for the Pikes Peak Courier. My name is Sophia. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.